kickstarts your Monday. You get the chatter on the ride into work. If you're listening to this on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. All that matters is that if you're a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, we're going into the bye week with a three and three record when Houdini and I said, season's over. Joe Burrow's cooked. There's something wrong in Cincinnati. Not so fast, my friends. The Bengals are back. They're heading into the bye week three and three. Your boy Chuck Walter here has turned 31 years of age. We have the MySpace top five. We were going to get into bar food appetizers. Last second, we pulled an audible. We said, Omaha, Omaha. We switched it to Little Debbie Snacks. So that is our MySpace top five today. And an on the train. Are you on the train with painting your face for an NFL game? Houdini, how are we today? It's it's good to see your face, man. Well, I mean, first off, happy birthday to you, man. 31. Uh, can't imagine being 31. I'm still a, a young spry 30, but uh, it'll be coming up here soon for me as well. Um, it sounds like you had yourself a day. Uh, we had it, what it sounds like drastically different Sundays. And um, I kind of wish I was more on, on on your train, what you're on. You were out getting shithoused at a Chicago pub doing body shots off middle-aged men. I was babysitting uh, an eight an eight month old baby during the game, so shout out baby yeah. Bo. But let's hear a little bit about what you did today. Tell you what, Houdini, I woke up this morning. And the first thing that I did was like you do many days. You check your phone, you see what's going on in life, and I never get notifications from Facebook. But on your birthday, they pop up. It's it's Facebook and it's LinkedIn, and you're getting all these birthday posts. And I just kind of got a smile on my face, like. Oh, let's see who's wishing me a happy birthday today. It's funny how life changes over the years. In 2007, 2008, you'd check that Facebook post and you'd get all these different happy birthdays from people from other schools that you'd never met before but wanted to meet or girls that you may have had a crush on or something like that. Nowadays, you check your Facebook posts and it's just a bunch of people that you have no idea who the hell they are wishing you a happy birthday. I mean, can I get one person that I actually care about in my life to wish me a happy birthday? Hey, shout out one of our viewers, Mark Gallenstein. He actually sent me a happy birthday and he was the only person out of about the 900 people, 900 is a stretch, out of about the 70 people that wished me a happy birthday that I actually knew or that I've actually communicated with in the last decade. I mean, it's getting more and more ridiculous. I look at some of these names, I'm like, who the hell is this person from Deetsville, Alabama? What the hell is going on here? Do you feel that way at all, or is it just me? It sounds like it's a little more intense on your side of things, because I, I do get that, and that's kind of what Facebook is at this point. It's a bunch of people that I don't even know that somehow we are friends on Facebook, and I just follow them now just to randomly check how ridiculous their life is. And They're the guys that are still posting statuses actively, and they're like 45. Never met them in your life. You're like, what the hell is going on? Um, but I definitely get... That, there's like three people specifically that I do know well enough that I do. Th I think it's like odd. I'm like, <laughs> I check my wall and they, they say happy birthday every year, every single year on my Facebook. So shout out to those guys. You're waiting for it. Yeah. You're ready for it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what? This. it becomes a social experiment. Well, because it, it's slowly trickling down. Like it used to be back when Facebook was big or we were on it a ton. You'd get like, you know, you'd get 75 of your friends posted on your wall and then it's slowly, I can just look at the years of my Facebook. It'll be like 2016. You had 27 birthday, whatever, 2018. 
Now it's down to like, I'm getting like seven happy birthdays a year. And it's always like the same three guys always. And shout out to them. That makes me feel great when I see, you know, you know, who's a big one. Cam McCluskey, shout out to him. He still says happy birthday to me for some reason. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little odd. The, the weirder thing is, do you remember the poke? Um, when you could just poke somebody on Facebook. Yeah. Poking's a little weird. Yeah. That I feel like that could get you arrested now. Like if I just poked some random chick on Facebook, like would, <laughs> would you not call the authorities? That's like, they shouldn't even had that is a possible thing to do. That was getting creepy. Hey, yeah. Just Hudson poking you. What's up? I, I kind of forgot about the poke because here's the thing is they bring in all these different intricacies on these social media apps over the years and a lot of them fail a lot of them succeed the poke never had a pulse like poking was never a thing i don't know about you oh, in my circle poking was never a thing no you're wrong poking was big for certain for, for weirdos which is 80 percent of facebook is a bunch of weirdos they loved the poke feature when they realized the, fe the feature poking existed the amount of users probably tripled because all these weirdo dudes that live. Yeah. They're like 45 that are friends with like these hot chicks that don't even know them. They would just once a week, they'd sneak onto their computer and just give them a little poke. They're like, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be weird. So I just give them a poke, just a subtle little nudge. Hey, just to let them know about, I'm here. Yeah. You ever thought about coming out to Wisconsin and hanging out with a 45 year old? No, I just, no, I haven't yeah. Steve. <laughs> Bengals take down the Seahawks 17-13. But, yeah, I went to uh, Woody's Flats. It's in Old Town, Chicago. It was a great capper to a long weekend. Unfortunately, as this game was winding down, let's go. It was 17-13, obviously. There was, I think, two minutes left. It was like third and five, and the Bengals, I thought, were going to pick up this first down to secure it and end this ball game. And I say, eight shots. Get around for the table right here. Let's go, baby. They bring out the shots, and as the shots come out, it's actually a Seattle's at, like, the Bengals' 15-yard line with about 45 seconds left, first and 10. I'm like, damn it. I did it again. I mushed myself with the shots. They bring the shots over. We don't take them until the Bengals finally secure it. Once again, the Hootays hold up in the red zone. The defense bent all day, never broke. It was incredible. Unfortunately, I got hit with a $260 tab. Not a single human being bought a birthday drink for me, which is just sad. That's for another day. But yes, Bengals win. I'm feeling great. Where do we start with this game? I mean, Joe looked... He, he looked good coming out of the gate. Obviously, the the first drive, Seattle just ran it right down our throat and scored seven points pretty quickly. So I was a little nervous from the defensive side of things. And then it, the game kind of flipped completely, and our offense kind of couldn't figure it out. And then, I mean, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, Reader, I mean, it was ridiculous. They were possessed. They they nice. They dominated the game. I've been waiting for it for those guys to just tear it up. And it was, it was typically just Hendrickson and, and he's an absolute animal. I don't know. Maybe they got to do a steroid check on that guy. Cause he looks like an absolute freak every day. Um, but everyone else. Yeah. The def defense, our boy Lou stepped up big, man. That was a, it was a hell of a performance from the defense. It was like six of the last nine Seattle plays in this game. Cincinnati's defensive line was clogging up the backfield and whether it was a sack or whether it was just pressure, I mean, that was the difference of the game. The Bengals won this game in the trenches. And for those of you that have said for the longest time, like, oh, 
Cincinnati's weak in the trenches offensively and defensively. I'm going to give a little pat on the back to the offensive line. I thought they were all right in this game, but specifically the defensive line. I think that's the best we've seen a, a Bengals defensive line play at least through a quarter of play that fourth quarter in years. I mean, it was every time Seattle had a chance to take over Hendrickson Hubbard Pratt, whoever it may be, there was always someone in the backfield. This wasn't a sexy game, right? The, the stat line, if you look at it, you'll be like, what, what the fuck even happened in this game? So there was no big, you know, highlight plays on the offense, really. All, all I can really, when I'm even trying to think about what happened in this damn game, I just am picturing the defensive line and those interceptions. Cam Taylor Britt, I talked about those guys not catching interceptions. That was, he looked like Randy Boss over there diving that for nice. that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great. The offensive line wasn't bad. I Can, can we get... Can Mixon run over like seventy yards in a single game? I would love to see that maybe, so we can balance. Do you the have him on your fantasy bit. team? Do you have him on I your might. fantasy team? Is that where you're saying? I that might. Right? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah potentially. Um, but it seriously, like my God, and I was a little worried that Kenneth Walker was just going to just big dick us this entire game, and I don't think his stat line was anything crazy either. So I mean, overall, nothing pretty. But we're heading into the bye week, three and three. The Niners, they look beatable. Your your beloved Niners. I'm sorry to the for your loss there, but um, it's uh, we're in a good spot considering what was going on at the beginning of this year. So we'll, well see. No, they're not my beloved Niners right now because I told you in Spread Hunters, I took the Browns plus seven. I took the Jaguars minus four. That sounds like a two and zero NFL slate to me. I took the Cincinnati Bearcats minus five that was disgusting we're going to talk about scott satterfield in just a minute and then i took penn state at minus 41 and a half they won 62 nothing that's a three and one weekend for your boy can you let the public know how you did over the weekend because i haven't checked out the analytics yet but uh, i i did see that louisville lost and i, I just want to know how did you do overall well, I, I do what I always do, Chuck, and I lost every bet that I placed. Okay, no, I you went, pushed. Uh, you pushed Technically, one. I actually I pushed. Technically, I pushed. So I was o three and one. Um, these are actually it wasn't as bad as it probably sounds though, because it was one of those where the second the game started, I knew the bet was lost in every one of them. I was like, "Yep, this game's fucking over." Louisville got just demolished by Pittsburgh. I'm somebody, maybe the Pittsburgh head coach was listening to this podcast. He might be a chatterhead. I, I'm not sure because I said that that team absolutely stinks and they showed out big time. They still stink. Louisville. Yeah. Beat the brakes off them. Uh, Derek Carr, I took the Saints. What a jackass I am. Derek Carr leads the league, I think. And like, it looks like he's going to cry after every possession. He's just, it looks like he's tearing up. And I'm like, Derek, I'm the one that should be crying based on this performance. Um, and he threw for like, you know, 350 yards and a touchdown. So stat line looks good. But when you watch, it's like, does this guy have it? I, I don't know. And then um, who the hell did I take in my other my other NFL game? Shit. I know they you lost. The Bears. You took the Bears. Bears. Why would you do Bears. that to yourself? And everyone on the team is hurt at this point. Justin Fields leads the game. They're on like their ninth string running back. Uh, you know, it just wasn't a good weekend for you, but that's gambling. You're going to go 4-0 next week. So if you're listening to the podcast right now and you're saying, all right, Mr. Choice Cuts goes 3-1. and I'm going to tail his picks next week. No, 
The Bellagio was not built on riding the hot hand. You ride the person that sucks at gambling because they're going to get hot eventually. So you take on Houdini right now. He threw out the Bears this weekend. Next weekend, I think he's got some juicy plays for us in our spread hunting. But yeah, Chicago, that's something you probably shouldn't do ever again, man. I mean, I didn't bank on a guy by the name of Tyson Bagent playing quarterback at any point in this game. So I'll be honest, that that's on, I, I guess the Sharps might have known this. But yeah, I didn't I didn't bank on Tyson Begent um playing any football today. So that kind of threw me off. They still had a chance to tie it up at the end. And our boy Begent or whatever, Bagent, uh tossed a pick to end it. So like you said, started off a little rocky, but it's only it's only upwards from here, right? I'm due. That's what they so say. Due. That's what they say. There's only one way to go. Begent, by the way, it could be Bagent. It, it could be Begin. I, I don't necessarily know what the guy's name is off the top of my head. I do know one thing because I, I live in a family that is fans of the Chicago Bears. They grew up in the Elmhurst area, in the Illinois suburbs. Shepard. I was going to say that. I'm like, what the hell is Shepard? <laughs> I just, what I didn't know that's where you're going. I just pull it up, and his college is Shepard. <laughs> I was like, did this guy go to Texas A&M? Maybe he played at Duke, and that's why I've never heard of him. He went to Shepard. What division is that? Can we do some I'm, research? Is, is it out there a Shepard guy? I literally bet on a guy that went to Shepard for college. I don't know if that's just a, a past job that he had. He's a prior Shepard at one point. I don't even know if he played football in college because I don't think that place even exists. So that he, there you he, go. That's yeah, Vegas he, for you. He makes Shepard pies, man. That, that's what he does for a living. He puts the beef and the potatoes and the, and the peas and the carrots. He's, he's the creator of the Shepard pie, and he's also now QB1 of the Chicago Bears until Justin Fields is healthy. Let's run through the games. In the international series in Europe, finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not in Europe. They're back home. It's the Tennessee Titans of the Baltimore Ravens who plays overseas. Ravens 24, Titans 16. Washington Commanders are back to their winning ways. They beat the Falcons 24-16. Bengals, as we mentioned, let's mention it again. 17, Seahawks 13. See ya, Pete Carroll, you gum-chewing son of a bitch. That's what Houdini coined him, not me. I'm not that brutal. But the Bengals do win. The Bengals do cover minus three, and they enter the bye week at three and three. Who they think going to beat them? Bengals? Not Seattle. Throw some fish at me. Uh, Jacksonville, 37. The Indianapolis Colts, 20. That was a choice gut. That was spread hunting if I've ever seen it. The spread was four. The Jaguars covered by 13 points. It was never in doubt. That's just, uh, what a glorious day. What a glorious Monday when you cover by 13 points and it's never even close. Dolphins 42, Panthers 21, and a game that Carolina actually looked competent in early. Dolphins do what they've done pretty much every week aside from that game against the Bills, and that is blast their opponent. Vikings 19, Bears 13. Sorry, Houdini. Here's a sharp play. Browns 19, 49ers 17. I had never even heard of the Cleveland Browns quarterback in this game. I have to look him up real quick. Uh, uh, bear with me. Hold on. It was P.J. Walker. Walker. P.J. Walker, 18-34 for zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Yet somehow, the Browns take down the juggernaut of a team that is the San Francisco 49ers. I told you a couple weeks ago, I think the 49ers are going undefeated this season. I'm an idiot, and I love it because the Browns covered the seven points. They win by two. Next up for the Bengals are the 49ers in a couple of weeks. Texans, young but feisty, take down Derek Carr. Dude, Derek Carr 
threw 50 times in this game, completed about 40 passes, and yet the Saints only put 13 points up on the board. That's what you get for not listening to me, man. I told you, the New Orleans Saints are as fraudulent as it gets, and you said, no, but they have Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas has been cooked for like three years. No, but they have Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara stinks. Texans are feisty. C.J. Stroud's one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and the Texans take him down by seven. Raiders 21, Patriots 17. Bill, it's time. Hang up the headset. Your team absolutely sucks. Lions 20, Buccaneers 6. Rams 26, Cardinals 9. Josh Dobbs, you stink too. And then the Jets. How about the New York J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They pick off Jalen Hurts four times and take down the Eagles 20-14. to 14. There are no undefeated teams in the NFL. And then we may as well go back a few days to the Thursday night game. Our last guest that we had on was Frank Michael Smith. He said, 215 yards is very low for Russell Wilson. He's a good quarterback. Russell Wilson threw for 90 yards, and the Chiefs beat the Broncos 19-8. to Give me your overall assessment on the NFL slate as we run through it, Houdini. I think we've kind of found out who the contenders are, who the pretenders are. I thought maybe the Buccaneers were pretty good. I think it's safe to say that they're trash. I think the Rams could be better than people are giving them credit for. Uh, I think the Texans are feisty, as you said. Browns are really good defensively. And then I think the Jaguars have a really good team. Is there anything that I didn't mention that you want to that you want to get a hold of? I mean, I I just think the two biggest shockers by far for me was um, your your beloved Niners losing to, like you said, to the Cleveland Browns without Deshaun Watson. And I disrespect to PJ Walker. I know PJ Walker. He's the uh, he played in the XFL a couple years ago. He was like literally the quarterback for the Seattle Baguettes or some shit. And he's not very good, as we all know. I have no idea how the Niners did not beat them. Um, I know their defense is. Um, pretty electric as we saw the the Bengals get absolutely demolished by them. And they did the same thing to Brock Purdy. Um, but yeah, those in the jets beating the, the Eagles really kind of blew my mind as well with, um, you know, Zach Wilson, the, the jets, same thing with the Browns though, with that um, insane defense. So those were the two biggest shockers. I thought they might be able to cover, but for PJ Walker to beat the Niners, eh, crazy. They say defense wins championships. Brock Purdy, 12 of 27, went for 125 yards, a touchdown and interception. By far the worst game of his career. And I told you this. I said that everyone and their milkman and their librarian was on the 49ers in this game. 99% of the money was coming in on San Francisco. And I didn't think the Cleveland Browns were going to win it outright. But I'm telling you, folks, I have a sickness. And when you've done this as long as I have and have lost as much money as I have in this game, you start to realize, like, if everyone is on a certain play and it makes way too much sense, you take the opposition. It doesn't work every time, but more often than not, that is how you break even in this game. 49ers marched it right down the field. They go up 7 nothing, literally 45 seconds into the game. I said, oh, this bet's screwed. I check it like 45 minutes later, and it's an outright win. So that just happens from time to time, man. What, what a cover. Yeah, and the, the thing that sucks is just for from a Bengals perspective, uh, we did not need the Browns to win that game. Um, I would have loved for them to, um, what, did they just go to three and three there? Or no, excuse me. 
three and two. They had that bye, so they're still uh, half a game ahead of us. So it would have been nice to to be tied up with them. Um, but unfortunately, the Browns <laughs> pulled it off. I thought the Ravens were about to blow it um, against our boy Tannehill, and they put, what, Malik Willis in? Thought maybe he, we had a little Malik magic going. That didn't work out. So we're still, unfortunately, dead last in AFC North. But, but we're coming. A couple of things that I did want to get into from the Bengals game. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, the GCL getting a shout out on the national stage. Zach Taylor was quoted after the game, quoting Steve Specht, head coach of the St. Xavier Bombers. And he said, better to win ugly than to lose pretty. And said, that's that's from Steve Specht, head coach of the St. Xavier Bombers. Steve Specht didn't make up that quote. Come on now. I've heard that thing for years, long before Steve Specht was a head coach of the St. Xavier Bombers. That's observation number one from this game. Observation number two, Jake Bobo. He got concussed. Uh, he was a player for the Seattle Seahawks in this one, a wide receiver. He makes the all-name team in the NFL. Jake Bobo? Jake Bobo definitely has someone in the family that's a circus clown. I don't know if it's his grandpa, if it's his uncle, whoever it may be, but Jake Bobo, he definitely comes from a family of failed clowns. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to bring up, did you see that in the stands in this game, there were a couple of fans that they showed. One is now the, uh, the Bengals fan of the year who essentially dresses up as his name is Tony, the tiger. He dresses up as a full Bengal. He's got the hair, he's got the tail, he's got the face paint and everything. I'm pretty sure he's on an ESPN commercial. And the other thing is there was a, a, a joker that painted his face and dressed up and had the cards and everything. It was actually sick for the, for the television screen. But I want to know, what would that guy have done, either of those two have done, had the Bengals lost this game? Like, that's got to be tough sledding. You show up to a game fully painted you win it's it's outstanding you're walking out everyone's giving you a high five hey fan of the year you're the reason we won but after a loss like what does tony the tiger do it's a it's a very quiet car ride home i know that uh i know that for a fact it's tough when you have you've you know, been there a, yeah oh yeah we uh, trust me we've all been there he, he's in the car with his you know his face is painted like tony the tiger he's got his little tail that's still kind of sticking out of his pants and He's trying to readjust it so he can drive home after, you know, a tough loss. So, yeah, it's a it's a huge 180 for those guys. I would love to get an inside scoop on these guys where we do a full-blown, you know, day-in-the-life documentary where you follow them from when they wake up because this guy probably woke up at, like, 5 a.m. and started getting ready and painting his face, and his wife was like, Steve, you got to – you're 56. You got to, you got to knock this off. And he's like, this is my team, Deborah. This is my team. I don't come, I don't come at you about any of that crap that you do in the garden. So that, that's probably a similar situation or conversation that happens. If this guy, you think he's married? He's married. And he's definitely saying like, I don't come at you about your parsley. Damn it. Your yeah. cilantro. <laughs> I think your cilantro sucks. I don't say a word about your cilantro. Don't you dare say a word about the whiskers that I have on my face. But no, that guy's a legend. And I wanted to weave this into an on the train, off the train, because it brings me back to that Seinfeld moment where Jerry goes to the game with David Putty and Putty comes out of the, the bedroom and he's like, oh, devils. And he's got the, the Jersey Devils face paint on. You see it from time to time with grown ass men that literally paint their face. Are you on or off the train? Like, I think there's only one way to be, and it's a thousand percent on the train. Like, it's not for everyone, 
but someone has to do it. Right. It's like we talked about in our last show with jobs. Someone out there has to be the magician. You need magicians in society. You need someone that's going to go out there and bring that energy. Honestly, if Tony the Tiger isn't in attendance today, Bengals probably don't win. It's not meant for everybody, okay? Like, if, if I showed up painted like Tony the Tiger, they'd smell it on me. they go, that's not you. You're a fraud. They, they'd know it right from the jump. And you could tell this guy truly, Sunday morning at 6 a.m. to Sunday at 5 p.m., he truly believes he is Tony the Tiger. He thinks he's a legit Tiger, and he goes in there. And that's what makes the NFL, that's what makes sports, man. When you were talking about the high school fans that are 55 and don't even have a kid on the team but go to the game and, like, cuss out the refs and stuff, that's the passion. That's why everyone loves sports. People get fired up. And my guy, Tony the Tiger, was fired up and uh, probably got us a W today. That's incredible. I'm just thinking of my dad, who is Bobby Walter, if he's listening. He's a casual fan. You know, he he leaves church at noon. He he was a 10 a.m. mass guy at one point, but now he goes to the noon mass. He gets out of there about 1240 and he gets home for kickoff. And I'm just thinking of Tony the Tiger. He's going to that 8 a.m. mass at St. Rose, beautiful church. And he's there. You know, he's he's just a normal guy. He's an accountant by morning. And then he steps out to his car and immediately as soon as he steps in the car, he's like, it's whiskers time, baby. Gets the whiskers going, gets the paint on and everything. I mean, that's a full get up. I would imagine that it takes him at least an hour to get ready for that game. So fan of the year, Tony the Tiger, if you're listening, just mad respect to you. I mean, Bengals Jim, who won a few years ago, he throws a hell of a tailgate and he goes to every single game. So he was well-deserving. But I mean, Tony the Tiger is an absolute legend. We'd love to get him on the show. I am just... He deserves more FaceTime at um, Bengals games. Just don't let it get to his head, you know? I think Bengals Jim got too famous, and now he thinks he's, like, you know, up upwards of, like, a Taylor Swift type of, uh, you know, what he brings to the table. So I, I am imagining that the Tony the Tiger or any type of these super fans that, like, their wife is just so embarrassed, and they're like, you can't let the kids see this. So he, he kind of sneaks out in the morning on Sundays, and then, you know, he gets back, washes off, cleans up and everything, and, you know, he's at the dinner table or something, and, like, oh, Don, do nose mind, orange. <laughs> Don, do you mind grabbing the do you mind grabbing some of the milk out of the fridge? He goes, Oh, yep. And he stands up and he forgot that he still has his assless chaps on that are spray painted orange and black. And his son looks at him, he's like, Dad, what? What is this, Dad? She's like, God damn it, Don. What do you have a tail? Damn it, Don. I told you to shield the kids. So yeah, that's um, probably something that happens in those homes. But um, yeah, no, I'm all for it. Get him some more FaceTime. He looked he looked great. He looked healthy today. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. More of that guy. Let's back it up a day to Saturday. Cincinnati Bearcats lose the Iowa State Cyclones 30 to 10. I actually did a 15 minute monologue after the game. A, a lot of people probably said, Chuck, it's your birthday. What are you doing talking about Cincinnati? This team stinks. It's it's a public service announcement. This is what I do. I consider myself a Cincinnati Bearcats employee. And you say, what is your job? I'm quality control. And, and, and as a member of the quality control staff, I have to sniff it out when someone is just taking the paycheck and running. And right now, Scott Satterfield, I know things could turn for the better, but this is disgusting. It's deceitful. It's deceptive. I absolutely hate what I'm seeing. Bearcats are 0-3. Forget the talent factor. The fact that he's throwing Emory Jones out there, it's just uh, its tough. You went to the game. 
you sat in the rain. I actually heard that Michaela was potentially going to dump you for taking her to that game because it was such a disgusting moment in your life. Uh, just take me through the whole process of having to sit through that and and just really the state of a Cincinnati Bearcats fan right now because it's tough. I can't basketball has felt like it's been right around the corner for three months at this point. It's just got to get here. Yeah, it was a it was a sad scene because as they always do, they the the Cincinnati faithful came out strong. It was homecoming, vibes were high. It was a little you know it was a little rainy. Clifton clearly you couldn't park within fifteen miles, so it took me like forty five minutes to even walk to the tailgate. Um, so things were looking great though. It was it was fun. The atmosphere was popping, and then we got in there in the you know first couple drives. I was like, all right, we can definitely move the ball. Unfortunately, you know, things took a massive turn for the worst after Emory Jones missed that deep ball. Basically, everybody just shit the bed going forward from there. Thank God there wasn't um, I couldn't have any phone service in there because I would have live bet them like 12 times. So thank <laughs> count my lucky stars on that one. The probably the biggest thing that stood out to me because the game sucks so much ass was I didn't think I would see an Iowa State fan. I literally was like, I probably won't even see one. I sat next to three just super fan Iowa State guys that were in my ear all game long. So that were just they cool? added they were they weren't bad. They weren't bad. I mean in all honesty, I mean did I have one of the guys in a headlock at a certain point? Sure. But you know they they seemed like decent guys. I did think it was funny because they were talking about their jobs and somebody was like, oh what do you do? And he goes, oh I sell food. And that's how he ended it. It was just he sells food. So shout out to the guy that sells food that drove down from uh, Iowa State to the game because he got to see us get our ass kicked. So that was um, – we left at, what, third quarter, end of third quarter. So we didn't stay for the whole thing because it, uh, it was already a shit show. Probably smart. Yeah, it was um, – to say the least, I think people are turning on Scott Satterfield. The entire offseason, Bearcats fans were hearing from Louisville fans, ah, Enjoy Scott. This guy's great. You're going to love him. Thanks for buying him out. And I was kind of in the camp of, hey, he was great at Appalachian State. He turned around just an abysmal Louisville program that Bobby Petrino left and turned him into at least like respectable, took him to bowl games, took down Cincinnati last year. His team that he left took down the team that that Luke Fickle left. So in that regard, I was thinking, all right, you know, he could be a decent hire. We're, what, six games in. He's already lost to Miami, Ohio. He's lost three straight games at Nippert Stadium. He hasn't won a Big 12 game. He can't put the ball into the end zone. And the worst part about it, I do not want to rag on a college kid because they don't get paid. But the thing is, they now get paid. So I can say whatever the hell I want about this college kid. Emory Jones sucks. Houdini. I'm just going to throw it out there. He sucks. I told you after the first, you probably didn't get the message because you don't have service, but I texted him the group me after he missed that pass. And I said, it's time to get this guy out of the game. There's a reason why Arizona state benched him in the two games last year. And that was in an Arizona state team. That was good. A horrible Arizona state team benched him for someone that sucked to win the sun devils about four games. And this is what Scott Satterfield is trudging into the Big 12. It's just, it's disgusting. We, we've we gone through a lot as Bearcats fans, and we thought that finally the day had come that we were a respectable program, and year in and year out, we could at least have decency. And that was anything but decent. I mean, that was an atrocity. I was disgusted. I turned off the game and apologized to my entire family for making them watch about 30 minutes of that contest. Just a, a really tough time. 
Well, in, in true Chuck fashion, I, I think we're getting just a tad bit dramatic here. Um, I'm no, not we're ready. Not. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm no, not ready not. to say Satterfield is already like he, he just he's got to be canned tomorrow. I'm not ready to go there. To to be fair though, it I'm trying to think of a, an example of when a coach. Usually it's like, hey, we go, you know, they go six and six or something, right? They're competitive. We look like we're on a trajectory to win like three games this year. So I I don't remember the last time a a coach took over a program that wasn't, you know, dog shit in the cellar already. And they weren't competitive year one and ended up being very good down the line. So it it doesn't, it doesn't look good right now. And Emory Jones does the the season's over the, the our hopes of the Big 12 championship, shockingly, are, are no longer here. So why not put the second string guy in, whether what, what is the freshman, uh, whatever the other dude's name is, one of the two, and just see what happens. Because this isn't a scenario like last year when we were we were good. We were competing for an American championship, so we still had all our cards on the table. Right now, it's like, let's just see in what we have in the future. Because like you said, Emory Jones ain't coming back. He's a fifth-year senior there's a reason it's it's rare when guys get shuffled around and fail at a couple different places that they succeed somewhere else. And I was hoping that was going to happen because he looks sick in a UC uniform. Without him playing, I love it. I'm like, that guy is going to win a Heisman. Turns out that's not the case. He can't throw the ball, and he seems to hesitate to run too much. I'm like, dude, that's all you can do. Run. And he won't, and then I'll just throw picks. So, I'm a little fed up, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to claim Satterfield was a trash hire just yet. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair. We're three games into his Big Twelve tenure. I'm not going to say put him on the hot seat. He's got at least a year in him, at least two years in him, and, and probably three years realistically with how college football coaches go. But I just don't understand how every single human being in the stands can say Emory Jones is not it. We've seen enough. His two backups are named Brady. He's got Brady Lichtenberg and Brady Dragos. Put in one of the Brady bunches. We don't care which one it is, but one of them is going to be the quarterback of the future, potentially. Why do you keep throwing out there a QB that stinks? It's as simple as that. I don't understand it. And I, I thought after the BYU game, he'd potentially make a switch and say, all right, you know what? Emory Jones just isn't getting the job done. And if this guy gives you the best chance to win, then so be it. I just don't believe it. I want to see it with my own two eyes that one of these backups can't throw a better spiral than Emory Jones because he was missing receivers. I mean, there were, I felt bad for the guy, quite frankly. And if, if his parents are listening, your son, he's a wonderful student. He looks great in a, in a red Bearcats uniform, but God forbid he throws the ball on the numbers. I mean, he was missing guys by five feet behind him. Xavier Henderson, who I'm pretty sure committed to Cincinnati because he was probably friends with Emory Jones at Florida. Even he looked fed up. He's like, why the fuck did I come here? This quarterback stinks. Uh, be careful what you wish for, though, because remember you were begging for Evan Prater to play, and it was like, and Fickle was basically well, I'm like, glad that I saw it. He's I'm like, glad that I, guys? I'm glad that I saw it. Yes, I'm glad I'm that I was like, all right, he's right. I'm not happy I saw it at all. I wish I never would have saw that shit. That that ruined multiple weekends for me. Okay. So it but at the end of the day, let's hope somebody is at least, you know, maybe a spark and at least they can be competitive under center. Because if not, then we better be going hard in the transfer portal for another quarterback. Cause I don't see maybe get some guys some reps and some experience under his belt going into next year and we get a new slate. So I mean, I don't there's really no downside. We already lost to Miami of Ohio. 
How much worse could it really get? MySpace top five. Little Debbie snacks. Did you go first last time or did I go? I, I mean, I'm the one that's been boozing all day. So at this point, you should probably tell me what we did last time. Okay. It was the job and you went first. So I go first. I went first. So I start us off nice and easy. I'm going to go with chocolate frosted donuts. I think this is a good one. Everyone loves a nice chocolate frosted donut. Now, I think it's more common to get the little Debbie or, or not the little Debbie, but to get the hostess chocolate frosted donut. But little Debbie does a nice little rendition of a nice frosted donut. It's solid. It comes in a pack of about six. I think it's a good number five. Not terrible. Not terrible. That wasn't one that uh, basically all mine are just ones that my mom had in her arsenal that would when she was shipping me off to, to grade school. Um, so this was and I think that goes for everybody. It would just be your mom like found out you you said one time you liked a certain little Debbie snack. They loaded up on gave you, you know, six a week. So I'm actually going to go right off what you said. I'm going to do honey buns at five honey buns. It, it's a it always gets the job done, right? There's never they'll been a time you. where they'll kill you. Oh, to yeah. say the least. Oh yeah. I was, um, in grade school. I think, uh, by my seventh grade year, I was probably what three twenty. I had, I beefed up quite a bit. It's shocking if you're looking at me now, but I was beefed up on these honey buns, man. So honey buns, um, a little sticky, but they get the job done. Number four, I'm going to go with star crunch. This is a little, intricate snack not a lot of people have had the star crunch but it kind of tastes like a milky way it's like a uh it's a rice snack that's loaded with caramel and chocolate oh my god and, and a circular form yeah the, the star crunch is very solid so that's what we're going with number four right here it's it's niche not everyone's had the star crunch but if you've had it i'm talking to you directly on the road you know that it's worthy of a top five spot I, i'll say this right now about the star crunch um it's it's one of the trashiest little Debbie snacks that you can get. And I'm pretty sure out of like the there's like there was like five or six kids I knew in grade school that this was part of their this is one of their staples was a star crunch. I think all of them are currently incarcerated in the state penitentiary. So it, it's it, that's a liability of a little Debbie snack. So I am not on the train on that one, but uh, we'll roll with it. I'm going to go with just your basic Swiss rolls at four. Just your base. Houdini, this is this is why you're not good at this game. You don't allocate your picks wisely. This is you're getting it off the board way too early. This was number two on my mock draft. You're taking it at number four. You're gonna end up with a number one of like the strawberry shortcake twinkie thingy. Like, what are you doing? Taking this off the board at four. I'll let you talk, you, but good you did God. star crunch. Star crunch in a top five. That's a four. That is, That's a four. That's a four. I don't care. I don't care. Swiss, I got Swiss rolls, buddy. What are you going to do about it? Swiss rolls and honey Congrats. buns, bitch. Yeah, that is a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> can right. you go? Can you, you go. can you tell me why Swiss rolls are delicious or did I steal your thunder there? I mean, they're, I think it's self-explanatory. I mean, just take it's a, a bite of them, Chuck. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, it's a, it's a it's, ho-ho. But it's designed in a way that actually is a little bit more practical than a ho-ho. It's easier to eat. It's less messy. It's I don't like the, the ho-ho. I don't know. The... It just doesn't do it for me. Just the way they, I don't like cupcakes really. And that's what it looks like. No, you're so thinking of a ding dong. Down. You're thinking of a ding dong. Uh, at the end of the day, you don't know your snacks as well as I thought you did. <laughs> Look, they, they call me snacky buckets and I know you're going to get after me about the star crunch. So I'm going with number three. It's a good one. Nutty buddies. 
It's peanut butter. It's crunchy. It's chocolate. It's got a wafer in there. It's one of the greatest snacks on planet Earth. A nutty buddy. You smoke about three bowls in college. Not me. But people told me that when they smoke about three bowls in college, the Nutty Buddies are delicious. So I'm going to throw that in there at the number three. Oh, man, that really hurts not my me. board. Let me, let me, yeah, let me emphasize, not me with the three bowls there. I'm more of a bubbler guy. Go ahead. That really, that really hurts my, my draft board immensely. Um, we are going to go at number three. Screw it. Uh, zebra cakes, oh, zebra God. cakes at three. <laughs> what you, you an anti zebra cake guy. I've been anti zebra cake. I, I said, if this zebra cake shows up on this list, I'm going to find a way to find my way through the screen and beat Houdini's ass with my bare hands. Like I'm freaking odd job without my hat, without a gun and James Bond Nightfire. I'm going to come through the screen and start throwing hands. I, I just, I don't understand it. That the cosmic brownie. And I'm sure you're going to get into that in a little bit. Congrats. Keep it. I don't give a shit. Cosmic Brownie sucks. The zebra cake sucks. Go ahead. You're up. You're up, dude. All right. It's a simple. I like as that, zebra eh? cake. I like ze- no zebra cakes. It's a staple. And I don't know if we're gonna get really into the weeds on this, but zebra cakes. They also just redid it. They have like the Christmas tree zebra cakes. The you know the Valentine's zebra cake. So you could kind of pivot from this if you were really trying to be a you know a shiesty son of a gun. But zebra cakes, I mean, that's the most filling you'll get, I think, out of any little Debbie snack. I'll say that. Bang for your buck, zebra cakes has to be one. I one up you. The oatmeal cream pie. You want to talk about ruining your life? Eat a few oatmeal cream pies, and your life will take a quick turn in a hurry. Um, not good for you whatsoever. I think there's about 46 grams of carbohydrates and one little oatmeal cream pie, maybe about 300 calories, but delicious. They're wonderful. You could throw them in the freezer if you're a sociopath and eat them frozen. I've known some people that have done that over the years, but the oatmeal cream pie is fantastic. And I'm glad to add it to my board. I, 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 I believe in my roster right now. I believe in the direction my team's heading into this winter. Number two, I think I think you already ragged on this, but I, I think uh, this might be, yeah, people might get a little pissed off about this, but I'm going to do the strawberry shortcake rolls at number two. Wow. Um, similar to the Swiss roll. Um, You're a roll guy. Strawberry, you like your rolls. Straw- you like your rolls. Yeah. I'm a big roll guy. I mean, strawberry in general, whether it be strawberry shortcake rolls, strawberry milk, the Nesquik shit, unbelievable it is top tier i don't think it gets enough enough shine so i'm gonna go yeah strawberry shortcake rolls number two and that's why i'm gonna give you number one this one is frowned upon of a lot of people don't even know this snack exists but it's clearly number one if you've had it glazed donut sticks oh my god have you had those i mean they're wonderful it's literally just donut stick they only sell them in certain states i'm pretty sure they only sell them in the south where obesity is regular and they're just delicious. People in the South know what they're doing with these snacks. There's a reason why people in the South eat mac and cheese and brisket and all this different stuff. They love their donut sticks. That's number one. So I got donut sticks. I got, I got the chocolate glazed donuts. I got the oatmeal cream pie. I love my list right now. And I know what you're going with, with number one. It's those cosmic things that I think are a travesty, but go ahead, give it to me. Cause I already know. I mean, it's, it was an everyone's snack pack growing up in everyone's lunchbox 
They they had the 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 chocolate cosmic brownie, and I know you're giving it to me. Tell me something otherwise. Am I am I am I stealing your thunder? <laughs> I'm not gonna go with chocolate cosmic brownie. I know you're going as, with chocolate cosmic as brownie. Chuck, as Chuck just predicted, my number one banana marshmallow pies. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. Banana marshmallow pies, man. You probably didn't know that they existed because it's um a little it's like bit a moon pie. It's um you're gonna have to look it up. It, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's kind of moon pie-ish. It's like it looks like an ice cream sandwich with like banana whatever, and then like the inner stuff is uh is is marshmallow. And I don't know if I'd be eating this, you know, and to be quite honest, um, you called me out for the cosmic brownie, so I absolutely panicked, and that was the 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 last one that I saw was the banana. And I'm I'm rolling with it. Okay, so cosmic brownie was originally your number one. You could just throw it out there to the people. You believe that cosmic brownie is the best snack out there. A, a lot of people did that. It was that, and it was the the zebra cakes was huge. They had those Christmas trees that you were talking about. Um, the cherry pies were big. That was an honorable mention. But yeah. Um, the banana marshmallow. I've never heard of it. I do know our producer, Mel Teffer, is a, uh, and, and by the way, Eric Teffer, our producer, we call him Mel Teffer now because he's going to be the next Mel Kuyper. It's just a matter of when he has a draft show coming up in April that we're going to really promote. Uh, Taxman and Teffer have been working hard behind the scenes to give us content, and we cannot wait to yeah. put that wig on Mel Teffer. Yeah, we can't wait to put the wig on Mel Teffer. I think it's going to be the, some of the best content we have. I hope that our subscribers are about tripled by then so that they can watch Mel break down his NFL coverage because he is uh, – some say he's better than Mel Kuyper himself. He just hasn't had the chance. And once he gets the chance, you're going to see that Mel Teffer is a legend. Yeah, and I think we're we're having him on the show kind of closer to the NFL draft. Um, he's actually putting together a 2028 mock draft right now, and we're going to dedicate about three or four hour show just to that alone. So just, um, yeah, keep that in mind. That'll be coming down the pipeline here shortly. And this is a good time to tell you that you should probably subscribe to the chatter right now. If you're just listening and don't subscribe to the show, you want to do that right now and throw on your post notifications because coming up midweek, Dan Horde, are you kidding me? Dan Horde, one of the most legendary bald men of all time, voice of the Bengals, gets to be on the same StreamYard broadcast as another legendary bald man, Houdini, the banker. Oh, it's going to be incredible fireworks. content. Yeah, it's it's going to be, yes, fireworks are going to be going off, no doubt about it. There's going to be grand finale from start to finish. We can't wait. Uh, I, I want to give you the floor for a few last minutes. Hudson, if you have anything to give the people for me today, I had a little too much to drink. I'm hoping that tomorrow is okay. The $260 check that I had to pay for after having only three drinks at Woody's Flats in Old Town Chicago was tough. But sometimes, you know, when the Bengals are rolling, you order about nine Houday bombs, not knowing what they are, and you just you worry about it after. You assume that someone's going to pick up the check because here's here's what happened, Houdini. We're in Chicago. I assume the solo check was coming. I'm like, oh, I'm going to big time these people. I'm going to get three rounds of Houday bombs. I got a round of Rumpelmans today. It was just, it was an absolutely savage move by yourself. I was thinking that everyone was going to love me, that we were going to take these shots and that life was going to go on from there. And what do you know? They don't bring out the solo check. They bring out individual checks. And I got hit with $256 for a bunch of drinks that I didn't even throw down. So that's what life 
handed to me on my 31st birthday. But the fact that I can go out there and, and spit about a 45 minute show with you after drinking 14 beverages, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for giving me some talent because I'm impressed with myself today. And it was, it was fun. Houdini. I, I love doing this. I should honestly booze more often. Hey, man, absolutely. Maybe I'll be able to join you next Sunday when the with two Sundays when the Hoods play again. Um, but no, I, I don't really have any last words. I'm going to take a, an irresponsible amount of melatonin here in the next 30 minutes, knock myself out until I uh, wake up Monday morning, get a cup of Joe and start my work week. You, I would suggest maybe a little bit of ibuprofen and a little bit of water for you. And um, yeah, and then we'll wait for Dan Horde. We'll start prepping. Happy birthday to me. If you haven't shot me a text yet, you have my number. Now's the time. If not, a good way to let me know that you care about my birthday is to give it that five star in the Spotify or the Apple podcast app because the chatter is coming for the moon, baby. This is the Chatter Podcast on Chatterbox Sports with Chuck and Houdini. We'll see you next time.